Whether you want to start a faith-based business or an online ministry, you've come to the right place. This is the Teresa Blaze Show with your host, Teresa Blaze, where she's bringing her over 20 years of consulting experience to the mic. Now, here's Teresa. Welcome to the Teresa Blaze Show. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've got another bonus interview with Camilla Jean Rinkub, and she is the host of the Mompreneur Experience Podcast. Camille, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, I, we are wonderfully happy to uh, have you with us. So before we dive into the tactical stuff, kind of give us an idea of what your show is about, what you're doing, and how you got started. Yeah, so absolutely. I actually have been in different businesses, family businesses, um, my own businesses, as well as working, working for other companies for over 30 years. I became a mom 10 years ago and life kind of shifted a little bit. My husband and I were still growing a business, but I really unexpectedly fell in love with just motherhood and moms. That's not really what I expected to happen in life. I really expected to stay super focused on business, which I still have that passion, of course. So over the years, it's kind of led me to marry the two. And I ended up helping a lot of moms who were, their kids were aging a little bit and they had a little bit of unfulfilled feelings in their life and were wanting to do a little bit something more, be able to bless their families. So I actually became a certified coach and I'm using all of my 30 years of business experience, my passion for moms, their ability to bless their families and to really fulfill themselves and thrive in life and business and kind of helping them get started, make sure they design the right business for their families and for their lives and to make sure that they're getting the fulfillment that they want and they can serve the people that they need to serve. Well, that sounds excellent. What is something that a mom doesn't know but probably should about trying to start up or design a business around the hectic family lifestyle? So one of the things I really focus on because I found it to create a lot of value early on in terms of really kind of being a big key in terms of making it or not making it is helping moms understand their natural strengths Mm -hmm. and also understand the experiences that they've had in previous education careers and being a mom and how they can apply that to their business so they can design it with that stuff in mind. I think a lot of moms, a lot of people in general end up doing something because it's suggested to them or it sounds like it could make the right amount of money that they're looking to make or it fits with something else but it's not really designed with their actual strengths in mind. And they end up in a place where there's too much friction and too much stress on them and their families. Mm. It doesn't work. So really taking a different approach, stepping back and thinking about your strengths, living your strongest life, and then designing it to make a business and build a business that can be profitable, serve who you want to serve and bless your families is what I find to be incredibly value valuable. That's what I really try to bring to my clients in the early stages mm-hmm. is that self-awareness of their strengths and building from there. You know, that whole self-awareness thing, it seems to be really uh, popular, but, and it's something that a lot of people do not consider. How would someone like me, for example, I, um, 
<laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm literally, you know, between, between the daughter that we have, the ministry that I run. Yes. And everything else trying to play to my strengths. It's almost like a necessity because if I didn't do that, uh, yeah, things would not happen. So how would a mom go about discovering what her strengths are and so, then designing yeah. around that? Yeah. So no, that's a great question. So I actually use, there's a couple assessment tools that I like to use. So I use a couple assessment tools depending on what they're most comfortable with, what our approach is going to be. And we go through those assessment tools. A lot of people have been through some of those assessment tools too. A lot of great ones are Myers-Briggs, DISC, things like that. There's so many out there and I study those regularly. I work with them all the time. And sometimes depending on where somebody's at in their career and what their goals are, it kind of depends on which one you might go to or use. Mm -hmm. But I like to use those. And then I like to have the dialogue and the coaching afterwards about, you know, what are your natural abilities? And I like to think of it in terms of if I asked you to sign your name on a piece of paper for me quickly, then you would do that. And then if I asked you now take your non-dominant hand and sign your signature just below the original signature. So it would be uncomfortable and it would be natural, unnatural that second time around. The first time would be a good example of how we naturally always slide to and we go to our natural strengths, whichever your dominant hand is. Same thing with your strengths. You naturally are going to go to your dominant strengths and your natural dominance. Mm. So it's really important to understand them and be aware of it. That's not to say that you can't do the other things, but you shouldn't design a business, for example, that is completely based on public speaking. If that is something that you know for you is just not something that works at all. If you're somebody who breaks out in hives, that's probably not a good path. That doesn't mean that you couldn't develop that skill and mm -hmm. have it be a component of how you market your business or something like that. But you're better off starting by playing to your own natural strengths. So if you think and your mind works in a certain way, trying to be aware of that and then design your business based on that. And that's just one of the things. I also do some workshops and um, exercises to help people think about previous experiences and skills that they've been developing throughout their life. I'm going to be doing a couple of episodes. One, dealing with how do you learn audio, video, or written content. And then also talking about how do you best communicate audio, video, or written. Because I'm learning to do better on video. But, you know, making sure I got that camera aimed the right way so that they're actually seeing my entire face is a bit challenging. So I very much prefer, like, audio, like communicating in audio, i.e. this podcast, then written, and then video. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, would that be an example in your mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for me, the audio was really natural. I love learning through audio. I re I do audiobooks like crazy. Audible. And I like them enough. I get the actual book and then I start marking it up. But audio is like an easy, low resistance way for me to learn and mm -hmm. deliver. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I chose the medium of a podcast. Writing, I can write, but it takes more effort. It takes more concentration for me to really flow there, it's hard for me to get in a state of flow, mm -hmm. which is something that you hear talked about. And 
the more that time that you can spend in a state of flow, the more productive you're going to be. You know, you don't get to spend 100% of your time either as a mom or as a spouse or as a member of your community or as an entrepreneur in flow, but trying to design it so you get as much of that time as possible is helpful. It's beneficial. It takes less energy. It gets you better results faster. It just makes sense. So how does someone go about getting into that state so that they are just on all cylinders and running? So really knowing where your strengths are is key. Understanding what experiences. So taking some time to actually reflect on times previously when you have been in a state of flow. And that's something that you just know. Like basically you're working on something, you're doing something. I had just a day the other day where I had structured it really, really well. I was getting to work right in my wheelhouse and my creative wheelhouse. And it was like, hours went by and I just, I just was working. I was going and it felt good. And it clicked one thing to the next, just one right after the other. And at the end of that, I, you, that's when you have that realization, like that was flow that felt good. It felt productive. I accomplished something mm-hmm. kind of feels you, even though you're working, you might feel like, wow, I feel actually pretty energized. Like I was putting right. a lot of effort in, but I actually feel better when I got done than when I started. Those are examples of flow. So a couple of things are knowing your strong roles or your strengths, knowing positive experiences, but spending that time reflecting on when in the past have I had really good flow and how could I recreate those types of events or activities in my business or in my life? Mm. You know, that's interesting to me. Um, one of the biggest examples that I've seen in of that is... Uh, when I'm doing the show, like I will literally go in, I'll shut my door and I will batch every bit of content and I'll just open up my little podcasting app and I'll just start batching. And by the time I'm done, like two hours have gone by and I knocked out six or seven episodes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that, I get that. I can know, relate to that. Yeah. You know, and so by the time I'm done, I will come out and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, and, but that's literally how I have to operate to keep up with, well, two uh, podcasts. Yes. Yes. And that's great that you know that about yourself. You're structuring your time and your work so that you can really implement that to get you ahead. Mm. Um, You know, like I know, and I kind of similar, I can relate for my podcast I like doing the research. It's kind of hard for me to sit down and write my outlines for my content episodes. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have like a flow stage at the beginning. Then I have to force myself to sit down and actually put it in an order that's going to make sense Mm -hmm. and that's going to deliver well and serve my audience well. Then I get another opportunity to go into a flow state when I actually get on and I start recording. And it wasn't that way right at first, just because the nerves and the jitters of learning all the tech, Mm -hmm. but I knew I liked audio. I knew I liked to learn that way. I knew I liked to talk that way. So it worked really well once I got all the tech jitters out of the way. So I can totally get that. Like I have a flow state and then I kind of, I work through a state that isn't quite as flow for me, but it's important. And then I get to go back into a flow state. Have you considered, um, and this is something that I use like often, instead of sitting there trying to write an outline, have you considered using a mind map and just literally free thoughting uh, where you're going and using something oh, like MindNote? Love that idea. I love mind maps. No, I had not done that, but I use them a lot for other things. I use them in some of my business design 
So I love that idea. That is literally what I do when I do like uh, show content. Uh, I will literally, okay, I have a show topic. Around the show topic, I will then mind map. Okay, this is kind of where I'm thinking, so I'll add a note. And then once that topic is done, I go in and I delete it. So I only have the show topics that I need to do. Yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, and so and so that way. And the other thing, too, if writing is definitely not your strength, uh, your phone should have dictation on it. So if mm-hmm. you're speaking into it, just go ahead and speak into it. And so that you're not sitting there strangling yourself, trying to force words out you can't figure get out. Yeah, I like that. Those are some great ideas. And that's exactly what I mean. So sometimes it's hard to do for yourself, sometimes what you do for others. But those are kind of like things that I work through a lot with moms who are starting their businesses. Mm -hmm. Let's find all the different ways, maybe how you've done something in the past that's been really hard or extra time consuming that shouldn't be. Maybe you don't have to do it that way. Let's get creative. So, and it's really great to you and I sitting here having this dialogue because sometimes that's what it takes is it takes kind of a dialogue or getting in like mastermind type setting when you're with peers. Amen. And I find, you know, the one thing I find uh, doing these shows, doing these interviews um, and as I see with, with my audience, the people that are, are, are doing this and listening are not just entrepreneurs, but they're also involved in ministry. Maybe they're trying to start up an online ministry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, try and bring on people that I know can actually help them uh, uh, move forward and whatever their venture is. If it's God driven, you know, he's going to provide you the stuff to get it done. Yeah. You know? And so I, I find when I do these interviews, it's almost like, you know what, we're just talking and collabing and growing in whatever the area is that they're working through. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it. I love it. So, so let's get a little bit more tactical now that we've kind of talked about, okay, business design. And I absolutely am fascinated by that. Um, I really should connect you with a guy that I know, uh, he runs uh, discovery design and he actually helps people do something very similar. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm, yeah, just another uh, heads up. Uh, I've got a lot of really cool interviews. Um, if the designing and lifestyle design, uh, uh, designing what you guys do is something that's interesting to you guys, I think you're going to really enjoy that interview. I really like bringing on uh, quality people. That said, let's talk about like your podcast and how are you actively marketing your stuff? Um. I mean, it's a lot when you're, you know, I've just pivoted to more of a, a digital platform in terms of really delivering and being able to scale my business. I worked solely one-on-one for several years and that's how I liked it. And that's how it worked for us because we were running a whole nother business that my husband had built up as well. Oh yeah. So, you're not busy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then three little kids and all that good stuff. So when stuff changed in that part of our lives and it took about three years for that to evolve over that time, I said, okay, well, you know, I still really love what I'm doing. How could I do it more? Because now I'm going to have the ability and the bandwidth to turn over there and focus. And it was really exciting for that to be happening. It was hard to transition away from this other dream, but yet it was pretty exciting for me to be like, great, I'm finding more bandwidth and time opening up to pursue this. So I hopped on over and really started pursuing this. So I really made a commitment to learn. So I'm learning, like I'm drinking out of a sieve right now because I have lots and lots of business background, 
But marketing is something that even though that's what my degree is in, it changes so quickly these days. Oh, you're not so kidding. I shifted back into that learning mindset of being an ongoing learner. And that's been really exciting. I've actually been really excited about how many people and connections I've made doing that and formed some really great peer relationships um, in the Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial world. So that's been great. So a lot of what I'm trying to do now is connect with other podcasters because like we were talking about, like that's my area, that's where I'm comfortable. And so that's where it makes sense because that's where I'm also connecting with my listeners and with my followers. So really trying to connect and bring value to other people and their podcasts and their audiences. And that gives you that little bit of maybe you spark that interest somewhere there for somebody. And then they can also, you know, come over and start listening to what I'm providing. Mm-hmm. So it's all one off. Like we're all slightly different. We all are different things. I have multiple podcasts that I follow and I get a lot from. So same strategy there, trying to really do that and provide a lot of value. I do some stuff on Facebook as well. I am terrible about Facebook lives. That is one <laughs> thing that I'm going to like, I've really set myself to that. I need to be more consistent with. Mm-hmm. And, um, the thing is you can use the same content, like the same content that I'm using on my podcast. I'm really focusing on starting to repurpose. So I'll be revisiting that and applying it a little bit different in Facebook lives. Um, we're a little unsettled right now just because we've moved six times in the last three years. Oh, that's fun. Yep. One more move to go. So, um, so I'm looking forward to be settling into my office and then looking at, you know, doing some stuff with video and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's really great to really kind of be growing this network where, and it's amazing. It starts slow and sometimes it's daunting, but trying to do it right and do it more by that touch point of whose audience can I benefit or, and how can I benefit them and letting it grow organically from there. Mm-hmm. But Um, I'm also a huge fan of building a story brand by Donald Miller and I'm actually going to be pursuing that and bringing some of that knowledge to my audience, um, Mm -hmm. being able to deliver that and help them with their marketing brands as well. Cause I think creating that early narrative and telling your story about your business, the right way to the right audience is super critical because if you get that down, you can use it on any medium you can put Mm -hmm. it anywhere you need to put it based on what fits for you and your lifestyle and your audience and their lifestyle. So that's interesting. That's very interesting. So you're not the first one to bring up, uh, you know, repurposing content. In fact, that's definitely something I'm looking into doing. Uh, I'm just like, you know, when it, when it comes to marketing, what I'm trying to do is one, uh, do something very similar, trying to get on other uh, podcasts. Yep. But then also I'm, trying to play you know because like when you deal with facebook and instagram for example a lot of them are focused around and driven around like photos and pictures and me being completely blind that doesn't quite work yeah that's tough that's really (laughs) challenge so what i'm trying to do is get around that by doing some lives and then doing like the 15 second video story things oh yeah you know, and so that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of the play that I'm making. The fun is when Facebook decides they're, they're going to completely change because apparently they have just released that they are de-emphasizing pages and focusing more on groups, events, yes. and stories. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, keeping up with that is always fun. So that is, it is. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about like focusing into a story brand. That is not the first time I've heard about that either. What I love about it is it just makes sense and it goes back years and years and years to, I mean, around the campfire of, you know, early men, they were telling stories. Story has been how we communicated and inspired and how we do practical, you know, interaction, but also how we inspire and do those bigger interactions as well. So, and getting a story right. And this is just really powerful in terms of being able to share a message. Mm -hmm. So what I love about StoryBrand is it's a simple process. Um, <clears throat> they have the principles that you follow and it just makes sense. And I like how it feels in terms of there's a lot of marketing that doesn't feel good. And this, it feels right. And it's based on science. Mm. So those two things. And it's about being the guide and not the hero. I think as business owners, one of the biggest mistakes we make early on is presenting ourselves as the hero to our potential customers and wondering why don't they want to engage with me? Well, they want to be the hero. They're looking for a guide. And that is the same across the board. No matter what you're selling, what you're doing, what you're providing, that is the same. So how can you be the guide? How can you provide the transformation? Because that is the real purpose of all of our businesses. The purpose should be mm. to make a transformation that takes somebody further, benefits their life, gets them what they need, all those types of things. Our goal should be making a transformation and they don't need another hero. They need a guide. You know, it, it reminds me so much. Um, I've been following a lot of Russell Brunson's material lately. Yep. One of the biggest things that he hooked, uh, steps into is a hook, story, and then offer. So yep. your hook is kind of like your headline and then you tell your story and then you make your offer. And, and, and I think the thing that, that is similar in both instances to what we're talking about is it simplifies the process. Yes. Yeah. I think having a process to follow in all parts of our business and everything we do is, is necessary. It just, it's too overwhelming if you don't have a process, at least that's how I work. And I think that's really helpful to most people. Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of bring this on home. If you were to speak to someone who's trying to start an entrepreneurial venture or someone who's looking to start an online ministry, uh, and you were to leave them with one thing, what would that one thing be? I like to remind them that there's so much more. That's something I think I repeat often. It often comes across in my messages. Mm -hmm. And I think at every phase of our life, and it's true for everybody, and maybe it stems from my passion to continue to learn, continue to stretch myself. It was really hard to jump in and start relearning the tech when a lot of my business experience had really been those grassroots, traditional relationship type things. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed it. And it's helped remind me what I remind my clients and that I am so much more. I'm not at the end of my rope. I'm not at the end of my talent. They are not at their maximum potential either. So just reminding them that you are more than just a mom and you're more than just an entrepreneur. You are so much more. And every time you level up, the same is true. You are still so much more. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? And what's the next step? Because you're so much more. And the fact is we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're created for, to do more, to be more. Yeah. 
thank you so much for coming on the show and delivering and just encouraging uh, the audience to uh, play your strength. I mean, I think, um, I think the thing in my mind when I, I thinking back over, over what we've talked about is play your strengths and then tell your story. Yeah, for sure. So Absolutely. Yeah. don't make it harder than it has to be. <laughs> no, no. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I so enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Hey guys, I'm Teresa Blaze. This has been the Teresa Blaze show. Let's go do this thing. You've been listening to The Teresa Blaze Show. To catch all her past shows, visit www.teresablaze.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-B-L-A-E-S.com. 